listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Here, these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition. Now, if you don't want to be different than your competition, probably should just go ahead and shut this off. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Like when we audit the mod and get and do the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Reasonable and what wasn't. And and I think that you know, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, you know, when they're uncovered. So I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk, episode 27, The Importance of messaging and you might think you know what this is going to be about but you don't um i'm i'm waiting to hear what it's about that sounds about right here's the deal man i hear people bitch and moan all the time about losing business and they feel like they've done everything right everything they possibly can do (laughs) they've done Oh, but we issue the certificates as fast as we can. We have the renewal done 60 days in advance so that we can go out and meet with them and make sure we don't need to make any changes and do this and do that. And the list goes on and on and on. And in their these agencies' mind, and honestly, through no fault of their own, I guess, they're doing a really good job for their clients. Here's but the problem. That's the expectation, right? Like we've talked about a hundred times. Well, but the other thing is they never tell them. Mm. They don't tell the client. Okay. Right. I see, I Think see about where what you're we going. talked about next in episode 26. We're talking about learning management system. Yeah. What happens when you have a client that you forgot to tell about having a learning management system, and that client could have avoided an EPLI claim or any number of things that you could solve by having said system in place, only right. to find out that you've had it available for them the whole time and just didn't bother to tell them or. Mm-hmm. You know, doing getting claims closed out in a faster than average time frame or negotiating reserves with underwriter or claims adjusters to get those to the proper level. Whatever it is, I don't think we do a good job, but you know what we do every year right before renewal, right? You know what we do. We don't do it. You're dang right we don't. But everybody else out there is wondering, why am I having to do another stewardship report? <laughs> God, how you love stewardship reports. I think stewardship reports suck because <laughs> all that tells me is you've been asleep at the wheel for a long time. Yeah. 11 months, basically. And now you want to justify all of the crap you've allegedly done for the last year to your client so that they will hire you for another year. Well, the fact of the matter is you should be doing that in real time, right? You should be setting. And, and I think it all goes back to where we start with onboarding. Got to start with onboarding first. If you bring your client on and you set their expectations appropriately for what they should expect you to do, 
then you can update them in real time. On a monthly basis, you should say, look, here's what we were supposed to do this month. We got this done. Here's what we're doing next month. Here's what we've gotten done ahead of time. Here's some things we had to add. Here's some things that aren't going to necessarily be important anymore. Whatever. But why do we go on servicing our clients' accounts and doing a bunch of work for them not to get any credit for it? Yeah. I, so how do you how do you on the front end, I guess, lay out all this stuff that we're going to be doing for them without overwhelming them? Because there's a ton of things that we provide for them. You know, we talked about the learning management system last episode. We've talked about a number of different things that we are, are going to do that may be different from what they currently have. How do you do that and set those expectations without running through what seems like a laundry list of shit that's wrong with their company that you're about to fix? Well, the first thing is it sounds like a laundry list of a bunch of stuff that's wrong with their company that we're going to fix. Right. But the reason why we're able to do that is because of why we were hired. We were hired not as an insurance salesperson. We were hired as trusted advisors and risk managers. So it's normal for a risk manager to go into a business and do a walkthrough, a baseline risk assessment, capture everything that they feel is a hazard that needs to be corrected, document any deficiencies in training programs and things like that. That's all normal stuff. So it goes into how that or why they hired you to begin with. And because our clients hire us to be risk managers as opposed to just selling them insurance, they expect that from us. So everything that I do in a middle market account hinges from that baseline risk assessment. I like to go in and I'll, I'll include the carrier loss control reps too, because I want them to have their two cents into what needs to go into that document. But one of my favorite tricks when I do a, a baseline risk assessment is I like to take a, a blank copy of it and I like to meet with the management of the organization. And I like for all of them to grade themselves because when I do a risk assessment report, it's a one through one through 10 score. So I give them a blank copy and say, look, you don't need to walk around and look. You're here every day, all the time. I'm interested in you giving me your 100% anonymous <laughs> score. I just yawned. Right God, what was that? I'm speaking Chewbacca. But anyhow, you know, I would, I just go in and I, I, I have them grade themselves. Yeah. And then, I go. How and, often do people give accurate grades? I'd like um, to get your take on that because my it depends on what accurate is. Like if you if, if by accurate so, you mean so if how you, closely if, does it align with what I think they're doing? Yes. Rarely. Right. Very rarely. And so, but but it also tells you how much how much how hard you're going to have to work to win them over, right? If I go in and somebody's rating themselves eights and nines and I'm rating mm-hmm. them twos and threes. Right. We've got, we've got a problem. Okay. And we need to address that. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually everything that I, it, 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 and there's an art and a science to doing that. And I'll save that piece probably for a different. <laughs> oh, you're an eight. Nah, you're a two bro. Yeah, no. But I mean, the thing is I, when I do the baseline assessment, I'm interviewing employees. I'm interviewing some of the frontline supervisors. So I'm basing my scores off of actual conversations that I've had and hard, hard core results or evidence to back up my point. So it's very mm-hmm. difficult to argue with that report when it comes out. I mean, obviously people do. I'll let them give me 
I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and let them try and explain their way through it. But mm-hmm. more often than not, you know, there's going to be a, a separation between where they're at and where I think they are. But if you can do that and you can get them to see kind of where things need to go, once you get all of that formalized and you're on the same page, then you take what the findings are of that risk assessment report. And that becomes the, the the framework for the risk management action plan, period. Right. That's, you know, that's it in a nutshell. But I mean, I, I go back to, um, you know, why aren't we giving our clients a dashboard, right? Like could, and I don't know, maybe I'm brainstorming out loud, you know, live a little bit, but what would be wrong with with sending your client a report showing them how many times you touched their account over the course of a month? Here's how many certificates we've issued for you. Here's how many vehicles we added. Here's how many drivers changes, blah, 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 blah. All of this to let you know that this just shows uh, that we're pleased to be able to serve you or something along those lines. I don't really know what that needs to look like. Yeah. You've not seen Neon. I have. So you don't have the benefit of seeing that. But that type of analysis is available in real time. Right. I mean, Neon is crazy with the kind of data that it can extract from agency operations. In fact, it's so intelligent that if a request comes in for a vehicle change, it's going to look through who's on the schedule and currently clocked in and automatically assign that vehicle change to whoever has recorded the fastest vehicle change times over the course of the last whatever time period or whatever. I'm not going to pretend like I understand the whole thing. All I know is that it automatically assigns that task to the person that's absolutely best suited to do that task in the agency at that time. And that's crazy. I mean, that's interesting. But if you're able to do that, why not capture all of those activities in a report, create a nice cover letter that goes with it, and shoot that out to your client so that they understand? My guess is the yeah. average client has no clue how much you, I mean, not even my guess. The average client has no clue how much you do for that. And the reason why is because we don't tell them, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, your point was the the whole stewardship thing at the end of the year showing what you've gone over. I mean, so is it better? Because that that almost seems to me like, you you know, like not bragging, but it's just like, you know, hey, here's all the stuff I did for you. Don't fire me type of thing. But, you know, is it better doing that in those small pieces broken out over the course of the year where it doesn't necessarily seem like that? Or is it just a different angle entirely? This is why I'm hot. I, mean, I can just see it coming right now, right? I hear I hear that song in my head when somebody puts it on a stewardship report. Yeah. They're, they're right. validating their existence, right? But I mean, I look at it, you know, I look at it from a, from a variety of, of ways. I think anytime that you give information over a longer period of time, but less of it, it's going to be easy, more digested and, and easier for people to see. Yeah, what you're doing. Plus, it seems like you're more engaged because you're sending them 12 emails a year instead of one. Definitely. You're not just showing up at renewal and and, and that's it. No, but here's another one, man. I'll throw this out there right now. I don't care. I'm not afraid. <laughs> what, kind of messaging, what kind of messaging have the agencies done surrounding COVID? How many agencies Whoa. are out there losing business right now because their clients don't realize they have the appropriate technology to be able to work with them remotely and through video. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, that's a whole nother thing that that's, that's probably a whole nother episode. Listen <laughs> but, here, listen here, Mr. Christmas calendar, man, your client doesn't know that you have zoom. 
Your client doesn't know that you have quote vids from Advisor Evolve. Your client doesn't know that you have all of these different tools. And it goes back to what I've talked about before and the difference between adapters, adopters, and do nothings. Mm-hmm. Right? That's it. You got to have a message around that. You have to let people know, hey, yeah, COVID's here, but here are the, here's the precautions that we've taken. Because a lot yeah. of these people are, I mean, in, in, in many cases, if you're a, a personal lines agency or well, mainstream that's what I was agency, say, especially if you've got foot traffic. traffic. Right. Yeah, look at Carrie. Look at Carrie. Uh, Carrie Galvez Reynolds that we talked to a couple episodes ago on yeah. on the, the regular power producers. She's Main Street USA. Mm. I guarantee you, people are used to going in. Look, there's no doubt in my mind that whoever the receptionist is at that place has people bringing her fresh baked pies all the time. <laughs> because I know that if I had an agency in Main Street USA. You best be bringing pies. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a nice pie? I'm a fan. Big fan. <laughs> Favorite pie. Fruit it's easy. Cream. Well, okay, let's let's go. Let's You got a couple of yeah, look, man. If you I mean, if we're going to go down the pie road. Okay. Let's go. Let's go fruit first and then and then cherry. Cherry? 100%. What kind of disgusting animal are it's apple and it's not even close. You, I mean, you, it's 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 it not is even cherry zapped for forty five seconds with a healthy dose of bluebell on top. Yeah, Every time. there's not there's not. Oh my god, I can't even do this. You can take your apple pie and shove it. No, no way. Everyone agrees with me. We need listeners to weigh in. If we could get if we could get a uh, if we could get like an email. What's what's Duran saying over there? You know he knows it's apple. He said apple pie a la mode. Exactly. And I even tell of course you he did. Of course he did because he's not an animal. No, you're both. You guys are both basic, is what the problem. <sighs> Nobody likes cherry pie. It's it's like a fake thing. It's like not even a. It's 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 just like like cartoons. Like you know, animals throwing at each other. Call me and talk to me about your favorite pie when you go get in your Dodge Caravan and head over <laughs> to your yoga class, will you? That's <laughs> insane. Now I'm gonna go into my other kind of pie. I'm going coconut cream all day. Coconut cream. See, I'm a, um, I like, I like a nice key lime pie. I'm sure you can appreciate that for the, uh, I mean, there's I nothing I, like, that's a, there's nothing like a class of its own though. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not it's true. It's not really, even though it's key lime, it's not fruit, but it's also not like the, the cream based pies. Right. It's just, to me, it's just a given that key lime is awesome. It's yeah. Especially down in the keys. I mean, that's, it's tough to beat. Yep. So, it is what it is, but you know, I, th- I think again, we're, how do we? We're, we're talking about pie now. I don't know. You brought it up. You said people are bringing in pies to people, receptions. Yeah, people messaging. If you message appropriately and you tell your clients what it is you're doing for them that they should love so much, you can bet that they will bring you pie. End of story. <laughs> Talk to them. Tell them what you're doing. If you don't, your competition will represent that they can do that, and they'll take that account. And the disgusting thing is, a lot of times they win it. By promising services that you're already given, the only difference is you haven't told them that you're doing it. Right. So I think that that's the important part, though, is it's setting that expectation on the front end and letting them know what's going to happen over the course of the year. Otherwise, it just it does become a, hey, look at what I've been doing for you. But if you're telling them the things that you have planned, set out to do over the course of the year and you follow up with them as those things are going along and they've happened, then that's that, that that's the that's the happy medium there, in my opinion. Very difficult to get fired that way, people. True. 
Can't say any more about that. Now I need to go to Village Inn and buy myself a cherry pie on the way home. Ugh. See ya. See ya. listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes